Okay. Are we doing this? Fuck yeah. Oh my god, we're rolling. Okay, roll sound, everybody. Quiet on set. No. Um. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get the. Let's get this motherfucking started. Hey everybody, this is Michael Colomb with the Moses with Michael and my little go 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 what are you? My co-host Richard I'm Trejo. Go ho? My go ho. Oh shit. Uh, and man. today we we have the affable um Kale. I love Kale. Kale Hammond. Who I had the pleasure of working and meeting with on uh Add Out, the tennis drama that I directed by created by Troy Aiken. Kale, are you there? I'm here. Oh my god! You just I'm have here. to. You're like invited to be talked. He's like a vampire. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought that's how it works. I thought you you know you say something, bring me on. Not just not just let me go. But oh, I yeah, love you're your right. energy. I love your energy this afternoon. You're definitely lifting my spirits. I'm I'm dragging ass today. As you know, I had a pretty big Saturday after we wrapped. Um, yes. So I heard the final scenes. Yeah. <laughs> no, those scenes were legit, and we had fun. We went to um, the bungalow in Santa Monica. Everybody was As so one young. Does on Saturday daytime. Yeah, it was fun. It was beautiful. I mean, it was. Kind of over, overcast, but it was nice to celebrate with you guys, and we were right there on the beach, so that was pretty lovely. Yeah, that's the spot, and you had your sweater, so you were fine, and I had my jacket, my bomber jacket, which was a big hit, so I, every, every, no complaints there. And I went on your Instagram and said it looked better on you instead of on Dan. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, all my, all of my, uh, like, yeah, it was funny to see the mix. Like, my close, close friends I've known forever all said Dan looked better. And then my new acquaintances said I looked better, which is said something about my good friends. Maybe I need maybe I need to reevaluate that. Yeah. You heard it here first. No, and I, I want everybody to know. So you're a tennis player first and foremost. Yes, that and is then, correct. And so uh, we brought him on because Troy wanted somebody that he could play against who was actually good in tennis. Um, but then, so... I, just so the audience knows, Kale had to come on and play the douche, so he was typecast. Just kidding, Richard. Correctly. What are you doing? <laughs> We're just playing with stuff. Oh no, no, I'm just, I'm just making sure. The dude, my, my number one job is to maintain levels and to make sure that everyone sounds great. And that's all I'm doing. I'm Mostly just going me. there and I just make sure that everyone okay. sounds smooth, smooth like jazz, smooth like jazz. That, so, that's so, our, that's so, our model. I love it. Yeah. So Kale came on and played the douche bag, and um, you've never acted before, right? I've never even done anything close to acting. But he was so not much... Even, not was, even close. Not even close. Dude. Well, he did a really good job. He takes direction really well. He was so much fun on set. Good job. That's commendable. Because it's like acting is a, you know, it's a task. You got you to gotta put yourself into the, the shoes of whatever it is your character is doing. And, yeah. And playing a Luck- douche. That's, luckily that's for me, though, I didn't really... I was already sort of the character that I had to play. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so it was, like I said, it was typecast. It was great. Was it like, was we need you to play hilarious. the douche. I mean, can you just come on set and be you? That's basically what we said. Which no. was nice for my first try. Yeah. No, Kale was um, a lot of fun on set. He was. You were. You were nice and eager and willing to learn. You took direction very well. Um, he had no do, is that a thing? Do do most actors and actresses not take direction very well? No, I mean that's. It's not always that. It's just like. Just because somebody says they want to be an actor doesn't mean they can act. Just like some people who say they want to be a writer, can't write, and director, you know. But um, taking direction is, is I feel like, a dual thing. Like, it's my job as a director to help you get to these points as a actor, but it's really your job to be able to deliver it, right? So Okay, so, 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 so everyone, 
not everyone should take direction, but like the ability to act upon those changes is difficult. Is that what you're saying? It's a little bit. I, I wouldn't understand the director's the director. You sort of got to do, they're the director for a reason. I mean, I feel like you do, you do what they tell you to do. Yeah. Like I'm hired for the job and that's to bring this project together, but it's not just about seasoned actors know how to take direction. Well, it's like, if I come up to you and say, I really, it, it, do you remember there was that moment when I needed you to like go in, deep into your mind and think about being broken up? Remember how we, we had that moment? Yeah, of course. So that's my job is to come up to you and be like, Hey, I feel like in this moment you'd be much more sad. So let's think about the sad moment that you had and you did. Right. And you delivered such an amazing performance, but like you took I'm that direction. Well, Right? Do you see how that is? Yeah, yeah, I see. Like, I could have came okay. up to you and said, "Hey, think about something sad," and you're like, and then you couldn't do it. That means, you, but that was a thing. Is like, you you take you took those directions well and were able to deliver, and that's something that you don't see. That that stuff takes time to learn. You know. Well, luckily for me, I've had some pretty gnarly breakups in the past uh, five years, so so that wasn't too hard. I have been broken up with Aww. many a time. You know, Kill. and it's pretty sad. So I was able to go back in the vault and get Aww. in that. Uh, be on college on college campus with my ex girlfriend Jasmine saying, uh, "I think I think uh, I think we should uh, we should take a break." And Taylor Swift was playing in the background. We are never getting back together, and that was a very very sad day for me. So, oh wow, that's in there. It's in the vault. Yeah. So that's what I that's what I drew upon. I guess. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. After working with you for the last three weeks, um, it's Jasmine's loss. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge Kale Hammond fan. People don't know this, but. Uh, I just was charmed by him on set. He's like, he's very tall and good looking and he's sweet and he, you just were fun and eager to work with. And I, I'm so grateful to have that experience with you. So thank you for that. Well, that's cause you created such a nice environment such a nice environment and such a good, good atmosphere on set. Every, everything was, Aww. was going well, but you were also able to, you know, make people feel comfortable, which is huge. If I had a director who was putting like all this pressure on me in my first acting performance, there's no way I would have been able to deliver you know, a good, a, a good scene, but you definitely made me feel comfortable, oh, well, which I, was, which was huge for me, at least for my personality. Yeah. Now what, what what's interesting about Kale is he reminds me of my friend, Jake. We had Jake on the show before. Oh, yeah. He sounds just like my, and now that like, now that you're not in front of me, I'm just hearing you. It's like, I keep thinking he's Jake. Jake will be. Well, I'll be Jake. Jake sounds dope. No, Jake is dope <laughs> as fuck. So it's all good. <laughs> you're dope as fuck too. But you, you, so you play tennis and. I don't know, man. You're just like one of the chillest people. And you and and well, um, Troy had really good chemistry with everybody. But you guys playing the rivals were so good together. Yeah, I think it's it's Which is funny good. because we actually did sort of do that stuff, you know, before this this project even really came about. I mean, I remember I was we both live in Santa Monica. I was working out at the Santa Monica YMCA. And I was wearing my Duke tennis shorts, and Troy stopped me and he said, "Hey, you're a tennis player. Um, I played. I played at Chapman." Um, let's go hit sometime. And I was like, all right, sweet Chapman, whatever I'll, I'll hit with you. But he's, Troy's a fantastic athlete and a good tennis player. And so we had some good battles, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a better tennis player than Troy. So I was confident in my abilities. <laughs> well, Troy he, plays more than tennis. So he saw my confidence in the abilities and he goes, Oh my God, I wrote this show and I haven't cast this character of sort of the the cocky douchebag tennis player, you'd be perfect for it. So maybe that was his way of, of putting me down a notch after I after I uh, took him to the woodshed a few times. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. He said, hey, you're a good tennis player, but you know what you'd be even better at? Playing a douchebag tennis player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. And you came and you delivered. And it was a lot of fun. 
And he was just my whole life. I mean, I was super, super cocky uh, my whole life. I was a really good tennis player growing up, and I sort of needed to go through that high school, college phase where you know where you're not such a big deal anymore. No one really cares. Yeah. I thought I was going to go into high school, and I was the number one tennis player in the state. I thought I was going to be hot shit. You know, people were going to like me because I was a good athlete. Blah blah blah. And no, first of all, no one cares about tennis. To be different, if it was basketball <laughs> or football, especially in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. So I didn't realize that. I realized that, a no one cares about tennis, and b no one really cares about you. So if you're a cocky douchebag. You know that's how you're going to be received. So yeah, I I, I, th- I drew back. I drew upon those experiences when I was you know 13, 14 years old. Really thought you were the hot shit. Realized well, that no one actually cares. Well, maybe when the show comes out, it'll be so big that you'll be a hot shit and you'll be cocky again. I work? don't think I'm going to be cocky. No, again. I don't think you, you will know, either. Being hot shit's never a bad thing. <laughs> no, I know. No, I don't think you'll be cocky. I don't think it's in you anymore. I think you you've outgrown that. I think yeah, I think I grew grew out of that phase. Thankfully, but he does play it well. There you go. Yeah, dude. So, it's, and Kale is it, fucking hysterical. All that matters is he was able to draw upon it, you know, draw yeah. from it. That's that's and that's what that gave to the performance. Yeah, and I think I got lucky too because like one of the things I do a lot is like that little smirk. Um, oh I yeah, he's a smirk. Yeah, and I've got a good smirk, and so I just the smirk looked good on camera, and I saw that, so I was like, oh, I guess I'll just smirk the whole time until I need to be sad or whatever. And there, until Michael tells me it not worked. to. <laughs> I can't um, imagine playing a different role and actually having to, you know, act not like myself. Well, but, I do. Uh, maybe one day we'll find out. I know. Well, I did. I have to tell this funny story that I think is quite adorable. Where the last day of shooting, we did the locker room stuff, and Kale comes up to me and he goes, "I showed all the footage to my mom, and she's so proud of me. She gave me two hundred dollars to go take acting classes." <laughs> I thought that was the, just the cutest thing, and I was like, "Oh, she's so excited." <laughs> she's always wanted me to be an actor. She's like, she's like, you look good on camera. You, you do just look have to go camera. out there and let it, let go, you know, and then they'll tell you what to do, but you just go out there and be yourself and let go because, you know, no one really cares. You know, you can't come come in and, and hide, you know, your performances, I feel like. And that's true with anything, especially tennis. If you're if you're thinking about other stuff, if you're self-conscious about your game, you're going to play terrible. So you really just got to let it go and trust and then see what happens, which is sort of the approach that I took. No, you. I'm telling you, you did great. I, you were... <laughs> Easy to direct. Um, I did feel like sometimes I had to give line readings, but it's only because I know that you're 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 new at this, you know. So sometimes I'd be like, "Hey, can you deliver it sort of like this?" But nine times out of ten, it was really just like that moment where I was like, "I need you to go to this place. Or I need you to try this differently." And really, most right. of the time, it was just like, "Hey, can you just take a breath right before these words?" And sometimes, my two favorite <laughs> notes to give as an act as a director are slow down and just take a breath here, because really sometimes it's about trying to find the the balance between the two different lines or like the sort of like in a scene you have like an ebb and a flow and so sometimes if you just take your time and you take breaths and pause you could get all of those oh i know so um, yeah the, the pausing was interesting to see how that looked on camera just because you know acting you think it's sort of fast paced back and forth blah 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 but um that was really interesting to see how you know how much the pauses actually helped you know the exchanges well yeah especially so like if you if you're doing comedy and there's like that back and forth, yeah, that works. But with drama, I mean, there were funny moments and, and which was so great about like having you because there was intentional, I mean, unintentional funny moments like that scene where, you know, when Troy comes to join the, the, the team and you're like, what the hell coach? And you just, he like <laughs> entered the scene and it was just him being like honest, but it was so funny because it's like your character is just unintentionally funny, but because of who you are as Kale, Right, it just played really yeah. well. So. 
I can't wait to see it. I really can't and can't wait to show everyone and tell everyone, have them all share it. I know it's gonna be legit. It's a lot of fun. So, um, what do you? So, what, what else do you do? You so you do a lot of social media stuff. Like, tell me about like Kale Ham and the tennis player. Okay, so Kale Ham and the tennis player played his whole life. Thought he was gonna be pro. Realized junior year of college probably that's not not gonna be an option. So I was trying to figure out what to do, and I you know I thought about you know going into you know all these different you know. Um, roles in the business world and just like, you know, get that, that nine to five, you know, get a stable situation. And, and that just didn't appeal to me at all. Um, I, I knew I wanted to work in sports media, um, but I didn't know how I knew it was a competitive, tough field to get into. Um, and luckily I moved in Los Angeles and the tennis channel was, was right down the street. And I didn't really know that I Googled the tennis channel because I knew it was in Los Angeles, but I didn't know where. Yeah. And I realized I lived half a mile away. So, Oh my God, I got to get a job there. That's where I can, you know, start my career. And and, then it's like a freaking sign. Yeah. And and, I mean, it's definitely meant to be, I think. Um, and I started there, I started as a production assistant as one does, nice. um, Good you for know, you. Good and for tennis you. production assistants different. I mean, I guess every it's, it's all a grind. And I mean, their call times are, are terrible often for, for acting, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But for tennis, they're like really, really, really fucking bad. Like, like there's tournaments going around all over the world at all times. So you have to be on China's time zone one week, France's time zone the next week, Italy's time zone. Then you're on Australian time zone. And like, oh, wow. Some of these call times are literally one thirty a.m. And you have to, you know, you have to sleep from 6 p.m. to midnight, which is impossible. And then your alarm goes off and you've only gotten two hours of sleep. And now, now you got to go into the control room and have a full day's work starting at 1. You know, you're drinking coffee at 2 a.m. Your breakfast oh, yeah. comes at 5 a.m. It's just it's a, it's a nightmare. But, I mean, we love it and we love the sport. So that's why we do it. Oh, no. I've had, like, call time sometimes where, like, Starbucks isn't even open yet. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> How am I gonna get my coffee? So that, that should be illegal. I know, but that's why you have you just pull into a gas station and get gas station coffee because they make that shit all night. Yeah, hell's yeah. And it's cheaper. Save it is cheaper. Yeah, you're right. You get rid of that. Uh, so that's good. And you've been there for about what, two years now, six years. I've been here for like four years. So I started as a production assistant, and then um, I, I met at some tournaments. I met um, people who worked in programming, which is you know what's on the air twenty four seven all the scheduling, all of the, you know, the, the information sharing that goes on. And with tennis, it's an especially hard deal because you have a schedule every single day for the tournaments. Yeah. And depending on weather, depending on player injuries, depending on so many factors, those can just completely crumble. All your best laid plans just crumbles beneath you. And then you got to start from scratch and then reorganize and reset the schedule. And then, and then you got to let everyone know about yeah. the changes and you're just fielding questions all day. Everyone's wondering what's this. So you got to be on top of your stuff. Oh yeah. Especially no, of course. if you're in programming, um, in a tennis channel and it's, it's a hard job. It's a thankless job. And I didn't really, didn't really like it just cause it was, it was, it was, you know, a lot of behind the scenes work and I played at a high level. So I knew these pros that were playing on our air Yeah, and I was like, God, I can totally, I can help this network more if I'm on, you know, a s- sort of a, a consumer facing side. Or I can, you know, deal with the players and talk to the players and interview the players and shout them out on social media and get them to retweet. And then I've been, I got the job in social media and it's been going fantastic. And then slowly Dude, but surely I've been sort of shifting over to the writing and reporting aspect, which is what I wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. So well, this I'm definitely something... in the right spot, which is a good feeling because, I mean, I came out to L.A. I chased the girl out here. The girl broke my heart very sadly. Oh. But <laughs> More, more yeah. moments to draw from. 
Yeah, more yeah, the, the supermodel who gets famous and then dumps you, which yeah, is right. what happened to me. Oh Very man, I'm sad. sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. It's a good learning experience. I do remember you mentioning that. I got to use it as a balloon instead of an anchor. That's what my roommate told me because I was pretty bummed. You know, I had about a year and a half where I wasn't really talking to that many girls. I wasn't going on that many dates just because this girl was sort of talking to me still, sort of leading me on, but also want to do her own thing. But I was, you know, still in love with her. So I was like, okay, like wasn't really, you know, giving myself any chances with other girls. And finally, I'm getting over it now. Now the the real kale is is, is almost back. Oh shit! The and, real kale. Yeah. <laughs> Will he please stand up? Please stand up. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, so now we once ad out comes out, we'll have to get all of those uh, tennis players to retweet it because it's such a. I think it's such a great story, and I think it's a great script, and I think everybody did such a phenomenal job that I'd you know we need to get this this scene. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it looks good too. I mean, the tennis footage that they shot yeah. is, is some of the best tennis footage that you'll see. Joey's um, legit. Joey did, he did Joey a great did a job. Great job. Yeah. And the directing was phenomenal. That's throwing that out there. Directing was, was the best part about everything. See, Kale's my favorite. Oh, wow. I know. I love Kale. <laughs> no, I, it was, I, I, I keep telling this to uh, Troy that I'm so grateful that he allowed me to the opportunity to uh, help him bring his, his uh, story to life. So I'm truly grateful. And I know we just did a pilot. Which is okay. That's sometimes you just that's where you got to start. So, but I do know that the head tennis gear was very happy when they were on set looking at everything. So that's a good thing. I think we're gonna have something fun. I really think people are gonna look at this and be like, "It's it's shot well, but it's acted well. It's different too. Yeah, different's it's good. Totally different. Which is which is great. And I think you know it appeal it'll appeal to a younger crowd more more digital friendly, which is great too because yeah. that's where it's gonna take off. It's not gonna take off, you know, on a network airing a 30 minute slot it's just going to be i think it could, until we it could, create it you know, but then we can create it, it could definitely create some traction in the tennis community and you know who knows what happens yeah and uh then we'll come back for the rest of the season one and go into season two it'll be fantastic we'll bring the whole gang back together again and we're gonna have to start writing it Troy, troy's gonna have to start uh, typing again i know well I, yeah he once we get past the whole editing portion which we're we're in right now how does that work? Are you how how involved is the director in the post in the post editing process? It, it really depends. Uh, each project is different. Um, I'm going to be doing some traveling here, so the editor has the footage, and I believe is editing just this week. And then um, Troy is going to kind of be there to be involved because it's his intellectual property. Um, and then they and then from there, I've already been told that I will start giving feedback once they have like a so they basically do a rough assembly or like a little edit to kind of give you an idea of like, this is how it flows. And then I can just either sit there with them or they can just send me a link and I can just watch and be like, Hey, I really feel like this would be a great cut here and do this here. It's the same thing I do with um, all the horror stuff I do for horror house. My editor just kind of lives in the, in the editing room and he edits something. Right. Like I talked to him about it, which I have done with Troy um, as we were shooting. I said, Hey, let's really pay attention to these moments. This is how we should start it. So all those notes are there. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but okay, I, like I said, sense. I'm a collaborator. So I love letting them just kind of put something together to show me. Because, you mm-hmm. know, and then the good thing is, is like I have, I, I try to build in transitions. So, like that one scene on the bench where we start in the shoes and tilt up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I try to build the, the, the transitions and story moments in there as well. So all those beats are there. It's just if we have a great editor, which um, this is Troy's person. So I, I'm hoping he's actually worked with this person before when it comes to like all the tennis stuff. 
Well, he's knocked it out of the park so far, so there's no yeah. reason to believe the editor is not going to do a fantastic job also. Exactly. And, and so have, giving a good editor good footage, you know, that's a good combination, I think, in post-production. So I'm really excited about seeing what this, this – um, I think it's a guy. I really don't know who the editor is yet. But I'm really excited mm-hmm. about, you know, in the next, like, three weeks coming up and seeing what they have, you know. How – I have a question for you. How long, like – we we do the scenes and you know they're they're you know they're short scenes because it's you know short short fun show but yeah. like how long is like the longest take gonna be you know for like big movies and like big monologues and stuff because I didn't realize that, you know how many different times and how many different angles you had to shoot all of the shots yeah which makes acting you know a little like not easier but a little more comfortable in thinking about pursuing that in the future because like. Well, Here's, you're doing the same shots over and over and over again. Well, here's like, here's from my different angles. Exactly, and here's my style, which is why I think it's important. This is from years of me being um, <coughs> in film and making movies. Is I tried to start with the wide as often because as as storytelling, you don't always live in a wide. The wide really just introduces us into the scene, so it tells us like where we are, right. tennis court, who is where within the scene. Like you're on the left, Troy's on the right, kind of thing, right? So you live in the wide just for a few moments. So it's really easy to just do like two takes in the wide. And what happens is you're starting to build a rhythm. So that's why I rehearse, rehearse the scene. Yeah, you do the wide first and then, you know, they're ready, more comfortable. They see what works, what doesn't work when you come to the close up. I yeah. guess that was cool for me to yeah. see how you do the wide and then you do the, the close up, and then you do the sort of the action shots. Another shot I didn't realize was so popular was like, the behind the shoulder shot, you know, yeah, when you see the back of someone's head and the other guy talking. When you guys first shot that, I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, it's, it's called. It's terrible. It's called. But it then over I was the shoulder. my favorite show, one of my favorite shows of all time, Sherlock. I love Sherlock. And there's yeah. so many back and forth exchanges, um, you know, witty, quick exchanges going on, and they they use that shot in every episode, almost yeah. like every five minutes, you saw one of those behind the behind the head, behind the shoulder shots. Well, because what it does is is it ties the audience into who is where they are in relationship to each other. So your mind sees that, like, this character is to the left of the screen looking camera right, and then you see the person's shoulder, so your mind ties it in. Yeah, that was cool. I didn't I didn't know. I, like, literally thought, like, this was, like, the first time I'd ever see a behind-the-head shot, and then I realized, like, oh, my yep. God, I've just been totally, like, not even realizing it. I guess because <laughs> when you're watching it, you know, from a third-party perspective, you're, yeah, you're, you're just meant to enjoy it. talking. Yeah, it, you're just meant to enjoy it, and that's one of the best things about it. You know, and so like, but there'll be times that we've done just close-ups, like when there's really dramatic moments or we're doing story, like you get really close. But like, um, and then for like for just normal talking and stuff, they just do over the shoulders because it's intimate, but not like really intimate. And then like comedy is shot a lot of white, so a lot of your scenes where you and Troy are like fucking with each other, sort of like in wides and mediums, because like um, you can see all of your actions. That's kind of so that's there's like a reason why we shoot the way that we do because that is it's visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, so like my, my co-host here, Richard and I, we did, um, he shot one of my horror movies. And the thing is, is like, it's not, so the director's job isn't just about bringing the performance to the actor. It's about also, so you'll notice that like sometimes I tilted up on things or I panned off. Right. They're called transitions. It's how you enter and exit a scene. And to me, that's important because, um, and if if you see my my movie stock, it, I just it's a we have so many good examples of transitions because Rich and I are really good about that. But sometimes we came out of focus, we we came off of things. I did a lot of that because that's that's how you. It's it's not just about having good acting. It's we're telling a story. 
Right. Right. So that's it's it's up to it's up to me and, and the director of photography to come up with great shots that still the t- that tell the story. Yeah. Movement is 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 important. I yeah. think. And like, um, if you can if you can translate movement with you know, and also make it like a good artistic movement, yeah. then I think I think that that um, there's something about that. Like when you watch it. It connects on all all the levels. If you have the music is perfect, if the sound, yeah, then it kind of like reaches you on a whole another level. And then, who's in charge of the sound? Is that the editor and Troy? Because I'm I'm you know the soundtrack's important for for every everything you shoot too. Yeah. So Jesse was our sound guy on set. So he was the sound he was the, the sound mixer per se. Like he got the and he did boom. And then in mm-hmm. post production, we'll have another person kind of mix the levels again. We'll also have a sound designer. Right, so they come in and mm-hmm. add other sounds like doors opening, a lot of the foley stuff. Right, that also works the same way of like, uh, Joey will come back in and post and do all the color correction, so he'll make every sh- make sure that every shot kind of feels consistent between each other. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then um, the editor will create a, a final cut with all of that, and then once the, once the final cut is done, they go in and, and and do all the sound designing, and then they do the color correction, and then while that that's happening, that's when we start composing or we also get music so troy is going to reach out to artists about music that's what he's mentioned i don't know what he's got lined up at the moment so but Mm -hmm. that's the fun part of it and then and then that's when you watch it and you're like wow there's all these parts you just don't realize it but um because you're just on set watching these moments but we'll put all these underlying things and it'll be great when you watch it like damn like it just was a script and now we have something like legit and real in our hand and it sounds great. It looks great. It's gonna be great. So that's how you make movies. So that's why I, that's why I do the wide as much like I do because um, uh, you kind of get the rhythm of where we are. Doing the wide first, yeah. Yeah, well, because it, it like it helps you. Um, it kind of helps you, you, you as an actor and you the audience kind of like establish the story. Does that make sense? You're right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and then um, and then, yeah. Sorry. Hold on one second. Richard's playing with my mic. You kind of just got quiet for a second. Okay, I can hear you now. Cool. Okay. Anyways, um, actually, we're oh, we're basically running out of time, but I feel like we just spent so much time on filmmaking, which I think is a beautiful thing, anyway. So, I mean, it was it's cool for me to learn, you know, learn more about it because it's definitely something that is interesting and something that I feel like now. I mean, I played myself in a role, but I feel like I could, you know, do that. You know, it's 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 definitely enjoying. It's definitely a yeah, cool feeling to be on set, you know, with the camera. And it was, I don't know. I feel like someone told me one time, like you can either act or you can't act. Like some people just can't act. And I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I can act, which is pretty cool. I, I sort of get what he's saying now. At first, I was like, oh, who's this douchebag? You can act or you can't act. But, <laughs> but now that you've been there, <laughs> now that I've been there, I see like, oh yeah, you can either you know you can either get in the zone and do it, or you or you're thinking about it, which is, you know, yeah. Well, and it's and it's makes interesting sense. It's like, like anything else. It's like anything else. You know, you, you got to get in that zone. Especially, it's sort of similar to playing sports because, like, yeah. y- if you're in that zone and you're not thinking about it, you're gonna do much better than if you are thinking about it, and then your mind is just not in the right place. So that's cool to be. Yeah. Well, and it's you know, it's like actors go to school to to learn their craft about you know um, finding those emotions and, and figuring out to deliver the best performance. And then, of course, because if the director says I want you to deliver it this way, they have the training to like be able to deliver it. But at the same right. time, in crew thing, it's like I keep writing and directing because I want to hone my craft because you know I, I owe it to the audience as well as to those 
both actors and crew on set that are like investing in this project, I owe it to them to be able to be good at my craft. Like, I don't want to just say I'm a director. I actually want to be a director. I want to, same thing with my writing. Like I spend all my time writing and I think that's important. Like I owe it to the project. Like in this case, I owe it to Troy because Troy believed in me to bring his intellectual property to life. Yeah. And then I owe it to people like you who are taking time out of your schedule to help us create something amazing. I mean, I took time out of my schedule because I felt the same way you did. I wanted to help Troy out. You know, this was his this yeah. was his big project, and he spent so much time and money on it. And yeah, I was like, the least I can do is you know help and, and do the best I can. And everybody did great, and it was a fun it was a fun really fun project. So, um, anyways, any, any advice because we're almost done. We have to wrap up the show. But any advice you want to give to people both both for sports and for acting? Since I have you on the spot, I mean, on the spot advice, I would just say. I've been really trying focusing on, you know, the importance of just being yourself because it's it's like not an easy thing to do. And and I moved out here from from Oklahoma. I mean, I went to school at Duke, but from a kid from small town Oklahoma moved out to LA. You're impressionable. You see all these different people, you think they're cool, you want to be like them, you want to yeah. do this, you're judging, you know, everyone's doing so much cool stuff. And you sort of feel like, you know, sometimes you feel inadequate. Sometimes you feel like you need to be doing more. Sometimes you lose patience. And that's the right. biggest thing. Um, it's just finding a way to, to be yourself. Because in my experience, and when, when you are yourself, that's when things sort of go the right way. And oh, you're not, that. you know, trapped in your head thinking about what could happen if this, what if this, if that. You know, the what if scenarios are, are, are brutal. So brutal. And then um, yeah. how can we find you? Like you can social. find me on my Instagram at Kale Hammond, C A L E H A M M O N D, all one word, and then Twitter, which is more tennis channel related tennis content on Kale underscore Hammond. If you like tennis, um, which you should because it's a great sport. They need to change the camera angles on tennis, though. It's sort of killing the sport. They do like a wide overhead shot on camera one, and it's above the net. And so you really can't see how fast and well these players are moving, how athletic they are. You can't see the shape they put on the ball with the spin. Yeah, it's true. I all learned all that. Shots. You sort yeah. of just see the ball going back and forth, which is really boring. All right, um, Kale, let's so change it. That's another thing I'm trying to try and figure out a way to do is to sort of help the sport by getting cooler shots in it. Because like if you see like the ground level, you see how fast these players are actually moving. Yeah. Um, we can do this. But let's, yeah, let's do I mean, it. That's, that's it. That's you that. and I. Man, you're awesome. Um, I just want to say uh, a shout out to Troy for believing in both Kale and myself for this project, um, and all those involved. And um, I want to say thank you to the audience, and I want to say thank you to Richard yeah. for being involved. Thank you. Um, thank this, you, Richard. This is Michael. Colum. Thank you, Kale. <laughs> you guys are cute. This is Michael Colum with the with Michael. Um, again, thank you to Kale Hammond. You can find us on. Um, where we're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Lofty Craft TV. We're on every Wednesday at 4.30 Central Time on Coming Up Next. I'm sorry, Coming Right Up. I always want to say that. Uh, I'm a nerd. And I'm mimosaswithmichael.com. All right, big shout-out to Kale Hammond. You guys follow him on his social medias and stuff. And uh, let's make tennis big again. Woo! Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you're a rock star, man. I'm glad we became friends. I look forward to uh, hanging out and doing more awesome things. Me too, me too. All right, all right. Take nice, care, man. Nice meeting you, Joe. Nice meeting you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too, homie. Bye. Bye.